Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Braveheart Podcast. This is Joshua, and as many of you know, we've gone through a four-month discipleship training with 318 people from around the globe. We have stared long at the table of the Lord where we believe that Jesus, the great high priest, is fixing our eyes as a church back to the table, back to the elements, back to his broken body and his shed blood, and that Jesus himself is feeding us and teaching us about his body and his blood. And in this message, Peter, uh, Peter on a Tuesday night actually exhorted the 318 who had went through this discipleship training. And what he is sharing is in the midst of offense, how to love one another. And I believe this is so central to this time of the year where so many people are coming around our table. And although many family members may have wronged us um, or many friends have wronged us and it just brings up these things from the past, um, how we can truly by the spirit love one another. And I bless you. Um, I bless you to, to search your heart by the Holy Spirit, um, and to truly um, look, th- at, look at those people, look at that offense, and by the grace of God, and by the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ, to truly forgive. And I bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Braveheart Podcast. We love you. All right, I want to open your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 5, verse 44. We're going to look at a number of verses, guys. Um, I'm going to read them because of the audio situation. Otherwise, I would like to engage everyone. So if you could get your Bibles. Um, I, want to, I want to walk through a number of scriptures in the Bible that speak to the one another's. And so I want to equip us biblically from the one another's. If we're just gathering around tables and worshiping and we're not getting strong in the one another's, we're missing out some. And so this is going to be that tonight. Um, John 5, 44, I'm going to start here. Jesus is absolutely rebuking (laughs) the Pharisees. And he says this, he says, How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? He's like, how can you believe if you're seeking glory from one another? Now, this is so, so important for us in the body of Christ. When we get into the one another's, we're going to talk a lot about the positive aspect of it. But I wanted to highlight this. I felt the spirit was like, hey, 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 don't forget this one. This is happening. This verse happens all the time in the body of Christ. Christians are seeking glory from leaders, from one another. They're looking for validation and glory from man. And Jesus is saying, how can you say you believe in me if your validation comes from the glory of man? What is the glory of man? The glory of man is, oh, I see you. I recognize you. Let me, let me, there's nothing wrong with a man seeing you and recognize you. What's wrong is when you seek it and you're not okay if you don't get it. There's a difference. So if someone sees you and acknowledges God in you and exalts you or gives you a platform or a microphone or an opportunity, that's amazing. 
But if you seek it for yourself, for your own glory, then he says, man, you're, you're out of whack here. And so when we start talking about the one another's, I want us to examine our hearts big time. Um, this, is, this is a pandemic in the body of Christ. This is, where, this is why most people that get hurt by the church, this is why they're hurt. Yeah. They, project, they project their disappointment for not getting glory on a leader for not seeing, recognizing, engaging with them, connecting with them in a way that they deemed was necessary. That's not meant to be harsh. That's a reality that I see in the body of Christ that, that this doesn't excuse people being rude. It doesn't excuse people being whatever. But I will say this, God will use a fence, and you preached this beautifully on Sunday. He will use a fence to try to bring glory to you. What do you mean by that? Proverbs, a man's wisdom gives him patience, and it is to his glory to overlook an offense. So some of us are praying, God, I want your glory to rest in my life. And he goes, okay. And he puts a leader or someone that's super, like that you have a lot of expectations, and they offend you. And he's trying to give you glory, and he's saying, but then you stumble over it, and you don't go, and he's like, okay, well, you're not quite ready for glory yet. Because listen, when, when, when Peter and the church were walking in glory and Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit, they died. Do you know why? Because there was so much glory resting upon the church. So God is super kind not to pour His glory upon flesh. Because if He were just to pour His glory upon fleshy, carnal Christians, who knows what would happen? We, our God is a consuming fire. Right. And so so I wanted to start there. And so this is an exhortation. Um, tonight is going to be sort of like little little check marks. So if you take notes, take notes, take a day and examine your heart and go, God, is this offense, frustration, bitterness? Am I seeking glory from man? Ask him. Don't be afraid of his answer. God is gentle with you. All he, but, but, but if you are doing that, be willing to repent and be willing to, to receive the glory that comes from God. And I want to tell you, um, the satisfaction of being loved by God, no one can take. I, guys, I used to be the most, like, I wanted your approval so bad. Like, not your approval, but like, I was the kind of guy that lived for man's approval. And when I tasted of God's approval, I was like, wow, I haven't, I haven't even lived. <laughs> because it's, it, it really is an expression of the fear of man. The yeah. Bible says the fear of man is a snare. What does that mean? If I'm worried about what you think about me and I'm looking for your approval, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to study you mm -hmm. and I'm going to be a prison to your perspective of me. Mm -hmm. wow. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a slave to how you view me. And if, and if I say or do something that you don't like and you tell me you don't like it and I'm, and I have fear of man, I'm going to stop saying and doing that thing. This is why Paul, this is such a big deal. Paul goes, if I were still trying to please man, I could not be a servant of God. Galatians one, he goes, man, if I'm afraid of man, I can't actually be a minister of the gospel and I can't be salt and light because I'm going to compromise the truth because of what people think. Mm -hmm. 
And so this is just a, a, an exhortation. When we talk about the one another's, um, let's, let's be mindful of that. I've got so many. There are so well, many in here. And oh, I go think, ahead. babe, you can't love a person if you're so worried about what they think of you. And so if, if, it, if the first two commandments are love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, if you're looking at your neighbor to give you validation, you can never actually love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get the validation from God so that mm. we can actually love our neighbor. Yeah. Mm. Or else you're just loving them so that they'll love you. And it says even pagans do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and but you can really only do that if you've first been loved. Amen. You know, yeah. All right, go to Romans chapter 15. Y'all write all these verses down, study them. Romans chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 5. <laughs> these are not, I don't hear a lot of messages on these one another's, but man, we need them. I was getting lit up by looking at these. Romans 15, starting in verse 5. Look at this. May the God of endurance. <laughs> That'll preach right there. <laughs> May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. In accord with Christ Jesus. I want to preach that so bad I won't. That together, say together. Together. You may with one voice, say one voice. One voice. Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One voice. Yeah. Ooh. Now watch this. Therefore, welcome one another. This is in your Bible. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Yes. Guys, have you ever pondered and interacted with how Jesus has welcomed you into his family? Yeah. That thought that Jesus is the ultimate host. He's the ultimate host. He's the ultimate hospitality person. And he welcomes us into the kingdom through this meal. Yeah. About half of you got that. I mean, half of one of you got that. <laughs> he, he says, look, yeah. therefore welcome one another. What does that look like? It means when you gather or if you're somewhere, listen to me. You have the authority to welcome people. Yeah. Look people in the eye and say, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. People walk into your presence, into a coffee shop. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Listen, this is, this, is, this is both evangelism and this is both a way that we can, we can set the atmosphere. So much happens in the spirit in the absence of a proper welcome. Yeah. That's true. I did it tonight. I, I brought all you guys together and I said, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And, and what I'm doing is I'm acknowledging your presence, 
But most often, if you go into someone's house, it's usually the owner of the house that welcomes you. It is, a, it is a humble demonstration of the authority that we have in Christ to welcome one another and to say, hey, I see you. I acknowledge your presence. Welcome. Welcome. This is a way, this is practical. This is a practical way we can begin to love one another as Christ loved us. And you'll notice everything, all of the love is always as Christ. Yep. This is nothing we do of our own. We're not figuring this out. So the strength to do this comes by seeing Christ doing it and letting him do it to you. And so if you're finding trouble with, you know, I feel like I'm a, I mean, I have so much to grow in in learning to love, you know, especially the one another's. Like I, I joke all the time anyway. All right. Um, is that good? You guys like that one? Babe, the next, are you going to preach the next verse? Because um, the next verse is really important. Which one? Verse 8? Verse 8 says, remember that Christ came as servant to the Jews. And I think that posture of Christ, mm-hmm. that Christ came as a servant. Mm-hmm. It's like, first we love, we welcome and we love by serving. We love mm-hmm. by going low. Yeah. Everything that Jesus did, he did as the exact representation of the Father. Mm-hmm. So imagine a Father in heaven who owns all glory and honor, created every star, and he came as a servant. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of God that we've accepted in our lives. And because we've received him as the one who serves, the one who goes low, our only posture towards one another is to serve and to go low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just read back in verse 1. I wanted to get to a few more of these, but this is so good. Fifteen Romans 15, 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. My, my, my. And not to please ourselves. There, this, is, this is everywhere too. Strong Christians getting frustrated with weak ones. Not cool. It says we have an obligation. We're obligated. Why? Watch. Oh, bless. Let verse two, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. So the strong one thinks about how to build up the weak one. That's our obligation. So if you see weakness in a leader or in someone around you, it's not I can't believe this and I'm, you know, we prove that we're trying to please ourselves when we live so frustrated. People that are living for others are not so frustrated. What's, what are you frustrated about? If you're not trying to please yourself, then and someone didn't do something, it's not registering on your scale because that's not what you're living for. I'm not looking around going, what can you do for me? I'm looking around going, how can I build up someone around me? 
And then look what it says. Now again, we're like, oh, that feels so hard. Look, verse 3. For Christ did not please himself. So again, he, he tells you what to do, but then he points to Christ and says, the strength to do this comes from seeing that Christ didn't please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach fell upon me. And then look, we didn't, we didn't touch on this, but the God of endurance and encouragement. Listen, to be in the one another of the body of Christ, you're going to need endurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> long, it's called long-suffering. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so just get it in your thick skull, relationally. If you're going to be in the church, you're going to have to suffer long. Mm -hmm. Endurance. You cannot be short-lived and go, well, I can't believe that. Come on. Let's suffer long with each other. And not only suffer long, let's walk in encouragement. The God of encouragement. Bring courage to each other. All right. That was, that was delicious. All right. Look at this. Uh, Romans 15, 14. Later in, in Romans uh, 15. This is an, a good, another one another. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers and sisters. That you yourselves are full of goodness. Wow. It's beautiful. Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. This is awesome. Guys, this is one of the privileges of being, of being a minister of the gospel, of laboring to see Jesus formed in other people, to look at people around you and go, you know what? I'm confident. I'm satisfied. You are full of goodness, all knowledge, and you are able to instruct. Listen, one of the ways we can love one another is to instruct one another. Mm -hmm. Imagine how cool that would be to sit down and have coffee and go, hey, can we, can we fellowship around the doctrine of Christ? Instruct <laughs> each other in the faith? That's loving. That's a loving expression. Why? Because that's, there's an eternal value in it. The instruction of Christ. Okay, we'll move on from that one. Y'all didn't like that one as much. That's okay. Y'all will get it later. You'll be driving home and you'll be like, wait a minute. 1 Corinthians 6. I'm just going to read a few of these, a few more. Yeah, there's quite a few more. Then we're going to take communion. I just want y'all to see a few of these one another's. It's important. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 7. Um, again, he's writing to believers and he says, listen, to have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? But you yourselves wrong and defraud even your own brothers. I'm not talking about an actual lawsuit. I'm talking about the, the, the lawsuits that we hold in our heart, the court cases that we build, the accusations, the... The, the things that we have against one another. He goes, why not just let the defrauding, someone defrauded you, someone offended you, someone, like you have permission as a son or daughter of God for someone to offend you and to do you wrong and for you to go, I forgive you. Without, without even telling, just I'm going to move on from that. Like, I'm not going to take them to court. Do you know how much to, how much more together we would be <laughs> if we didn't hold lawsuits against one another? Yeah. Wow. All right. 
Praise God. 1 Corinthians 12. I want us to see these one another. This is not a small thing that we're doing. And I'm purposely skimming these for us to see the magnitude of how this is core to the Christian faith. This is not some side topic that we're dealing with here. This is, this is an area that I think we need to grow in. And I'm giving you scriptures. Again, part of this is a boot camp. It's a training. So write these scriptures down. Internalize them. Pray through them. Talk with them with your groups this week. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 26. This is so important. He's talking about the body of Christ. If one member yeah. suffers, mm -hmm. all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This is evidence that we're actually together. Yep. I'm going to say this. If in this... Your, your group regional threads, your text threads, or you hear a testimony of someone's breakthrough yeah. and you don't have the capacity to celebrate with them, you're not really together with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes the same if someone's suffering. Yeah. And, I, and I say this to no one's shame. This is an area that I think we need to pray. God, help us be so connected that I don't have to try to feel their pain. I'm connected so I feel their pain. Yeah. And I'm connected so I feel their joy. And so if you feel, if you recognize, man, you know what? I don't have relationships. I don't have brothers and sisters in the Lord where I have that. Yeah. Begin to pray for that. Mm -hmm. Begin to cultivate that. Mm -hmm. Begin to, like, instead of going, hey, no one, no one does that for me, begin to do that for others. Pick one or two or three others and go, you know what? I'm going to get into their life and go, hey, what are you rejoicing in right now? What are you celebrating? And then buy them a gift card and go, hey, this is just to celebrate. You practice it. Practice, practice mourning. Practice. I went to a funeral last week of, of someone that I didn't know. I went to a funeral and I, in the, in the, the pastor I knew, he lost a pastor in his congregation. And so just to support the pastor... I went to this funeral and I heard the Lord say, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. And in the act of literally, I didn't have any, I want you guys to hear this. I did not have any emotional connection to this human being that had died. I show up to the memorial service in simple obedience because I thought, I just want to be here for this person. I, that's all. I just want to be present. By the end of that service, I'm sitting in there, my heart was melted, and I'm weeping. I'm weeping, mourning with these people. And I, I wish I could say, like, I did something. The only thing I did was show up. The only spiritual thing I did was drive in my car and drive 30 minutes to, out of my way on a Wednesday morning that was inconvenient, and I showed up. And so sometimes the most mm -hmm. spiritual thing you can do, I've seen Wade do this mm -hmm. with John and Katie Postel. He's mm -hmm. sleeping in the hospital at night. So many of you are doing this um, with others. And it's, it's powerful. It's powerful when we do this. And so, um, again, these are, these are checks. These are like checking the oil of your heart and go, man, am I? Maybe you've been doing this 318 this whole time and you're like, oh, snap, I've been doing this for me. I don't, I don't necessarily feel connected to the, the strengthening of my brothers and sisters. Like, 
What if we took ownership of one another in that way? What if we all did it? What if it wasn't just me or Christy going, hey, let's let us try to build you up. What if we all were like, man, let's what kind of what kind of wild momentum in the spirit would that look like? If none of us were trying to please ourselves, all of us were. What does it say? Suffering when each other is suffering and rejoicing when we're rejoicing. That's what I want to pray for us. And as we take communion tonight, that there would just be an explosion of the love of God. Go to John 13. We're going to do a few more. John 13, 35. Bible drill. Say there when you got it. Oh, you beat me. I love the Bible drill. Actually, I hated it. Y'all remember that? They made a competition of could you get to the thing and it was like they would say a verse and you had to get to your Bible and say it and it was so I'm so competitive. I always lost. I hated that. I didn't know where stuff was. All right. Um, wait a minute. John 13, 35. I mean, I think that's the one. Right. That, that is not right. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples? I'm in John 12. <laughs> Look at that. I was talking about Bible drill. All right. Yes. By this, okay, 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. This is Jesus the Christ speaking. That you love one another just as I have loved you. Oh, Lord, you also are to love one another. (laughs) Talk about a standard of love. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Guys, the strength of the witness of the church of our evangelism to reach the lost hinges upon these one another's. By this, by what? If you love one another the way I loved you, by that, all people will know. And the church has been trying to get people to know about God Mm -hmm. without loving one another. We want to tell people what we know. They don't give a rip what you know. Listen, stop telling people what you know and love a brother and sister in the Lord. And then they will look and they'll go, whoa, you must be the Jesus people. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. You're the Jesus people. Have you guys ever had this in a restaurant and you're with your friends and you come out of a church service and you're just all in the oil and you're like loving on each other and the waitress, what are y'all doing? I know who you are. And they recognize Jesus because there's this joy and this love and this camaraderie. Tell them what happened at the at Davis Street that time when the lady walked up. Which time? Yeah. Which time? The lady walked up and knew you guys were something. She encountered the Lord. You remember that at Davis Street? Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah, yes. Back. Yeah. Yes. She came over and wanted to be around us. So she would come to the, you know, coffee shop just to feel the presence of God. Wow. But, but I love how Jesus ties 
us reaching all people with like you cannot escape one another. He's not going to let you like, all right, like those people aren't doing it. You go do it. (laughs) He doesn't do that. He's like, if you want to do it, you're going to do it together. This is why we need the God of all endurance (laughs) and encouragement. And so I, I don't this isn't all heavy like you guys. I know so many of us are walking in this. This is an exhortation that we like. We practice it. That we that we stretch ourselves in it. Like I don't think any of us would here would say, "Oh, I'm I'm walking in the perfect love of Christ towards the entire body of Christ." Let's let's provoke one another, right? Let's like let's. Don't you think we could like? Yeah. Practice more, not living, trying to please ourselves. And I'm telling you, I, I would actually be willing to say this bold statement: if you're if you're irritable, it's because you're trying to please yourself. That's. The definition of being irritated is you're irritated because something's not going your way. Babe, I feel like, you know, last week, whenever I don't remember who was sitting out here that um, he he was like, let's all hold hands or I forget as we closed exactly what happened. But there was this sense of like togetherness that we just like. Mm-hmm. barely touched. Mm-hmm. And in my spirit, I was like, whoa, we have no idea the potential that we have unified. Mm-hmm. Not unified under like some sort of like vision, but unified in love and locked arms together in love. And all I keep on thinking about is the fact that the bread is symbolic of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it was his broken body. Mm -hmm. But we are his literal body on the earth. Mm -hmm. And we we cannot get past the reality that he says that we are his body. And his body is a connected body mm-hmm. and his body is a body that loves. What did the literal body of Christ do when it was here on the earth? It loved people. It healed people. It saved people. It touched people. It mourned with people. It called little children into his lap. That's what the literal body of Christ did. Mm-hmm. And that is literally who we are on the earth. Yes. And I believe that one of the greatest invitations of this communion revival is the togetherness of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I believe that it is that we have grazed the surface of it. And so I think that our prayer needs to be, God, what you have for us in the coming together as the body we want. Mm-hmm. Because he, his healing of people, restoring people, showing mm-hmm. the world what he's like is hinging on this togetherness. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to read one more verse and then we're going to take communion and then we're going to we're going to leave a little bit of time at the end. We're going to cut the live stream. So if you're watching, get your communion elements ready. Um, But we're going to we're going to do this tonight. We're going to love one another. So um, there are needs in the room. You may need encouragement. You may need a prophetic word. You may need a a scripture. You may need a hug. Um, we're going to minister to one another. So if you're watching online on Zoom, 
get with your people. Maybe you're watching alone. And after we take communion, you're going to pray and go, God, who, who can I encourage? Who can I call? Who can I text? Who can I reach out to and just build them up? Um, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And so we're going to do that here in this room together. We're going to actually come together. Hi, my name is. How can I, how can I love you? And, and, and listen, to, be, to love is also to acknowledge where you need to be loved. It's to walk in the light. You can't, be, you can't say you want to be loved and then walk around and not tell anyone what you need. So, so prepare your heart for that. Prepare to disclose like, hey, I really feel like I need this. I need healing in my body. I need deliverance in my mind. I need encouragement in this area of my life. And so um, I want to read this one last verse, though, because I don't want anyone here feeling a heavy yoke in Jesus name. Listen, First Thessalonians 4, 9. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. Why would you say that, Paul? For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. What does that tell us? God is willing to teach us how to love. That encourages the mess out of me because I don't know how and I need to be taught. I need to be taught how to love my wife, how to love my kids, how to love you guys, how to love my family. God will teach you. He will say, hey, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about entering that conversation maybe a little differently? <laughs> have you thought about, you know, coming home earlier or coming home later? Or have you thought about calling them more often? Or Are you guys with me? So, so let's pray this um, as we come to the Lord's table. Just pray, God, teach us to love one another. Teach me to love, Lord. Teach this company, Lord, of Braveheart 318. Teach us to love. This is a real prayer, God. I'm asking, Father, that you would teach us to love. Everyone watching, God, teach us to love. And don't just teach us. Give us the grace to walk out what you teach us. To do things, Lord. To, 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 to spend the grace that you've so lavishly gifted us with to spend it on behalf of one another, to spend the mercy that you've given us. God, we are rich in mercy. Oh, we are rich in love. We are rich in grace. Lord, let us spend it. Let us not just eat it all for ourselves. Let us spend it on behalf of those in our midst that are, that are weak and struggling and frustrated and, 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 and down in the pit. Lord, let us not judge them and go, why don't you get it together, Lord? Let, us, let our hearts move with compassion and brotherly love for one another, just like you loved us. Yes, God. And so, yes, Father, we, we take your body tonight and we remember, um, we remember the way that you loved us. You said, love one another as I have loved you. And so, God, we are going to partake of your love tonight through this meal. We're going to partake of your love. And so we remember that on the night you were betrayed, uh, you took bread and you broke it and you said, this is my body which is broken for you. Yeah. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so, yeah. Lord, we, we break the bread tonight and we just, we just take a piece and we give it to one another. And we say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. You don't have to say that every time, but, but grab a piece and, and give, it, give it to the person next to you.
We can say it, we can say it once that the body of Christ is broken for you. We'll wait till everyone has bread. We're just serving one another bread here. I just want to remind you that God's capable of doing a lot of things at once. We believe that this is a, a meal that heals. If you need healing, receive healing tonight. If you need deliverance, receive your deliverance. Um, he's capable of doing a lot. So Jesus, we just take your bread, Lord. And we don't come to your table in an unworthy manner, Lord. We don't come to your table, um, God, forgetful of who you are and not mindful that this broken body means that you make us whole and that you designed us to be whole. And so, Lord, we receive your wholeness tonight. We who are many are one because there is one bread. And we partake of that one bread tonight with thanksgiving in our hearts. Receive the bread of Jesus.